0: You're listening to The Bird Bath, presented by The Fountain Report. I'm your host, Ryan Leach. Welcome back to The Bird Bath. Each week, we scrape the surface of the news you need to know, so let's get into it. Last week, the AVMA hosted an economic forum where they released a study from 2022 discussing veterinary salaries. Now, what the AVMA found was that salaries actually decreased from 2021 to 2022 by about $1,000, not a major swing, but going from about 147 dollars down to $146,000 is the average salary. Now, despite the drop in average salaries, they did find that there was an increase in trends in where the salaries were headed. We did see a decrease in salaries for more rural veterinarians and large feed animals, but an increase in salaries for companion animals. The lowest mean salary reported in 2022 across all private practice types was for food animal associate veterinarians. But on the flip side, the owners of those types of clinics had the highest mean salary at $225,000 a year, where their associates are looking to make around $95,000 a year. A less stark difference was available when you look at companion animal associates versus the owners of those practices. The owners on, for, as a mean salary are seeing $191,000 a year, whereas their associates are seeing about a $50,000 less of income, but hopefully with fewer headaches than what you would see as the owner. As we're going into November, which is Native American Heritage Month, I think it's extremely important that we highlight some of the need and continuous conversation that should happen around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging within the veterinary industry. From the AVMA study, they found that 89.3% of the profession is white. The remaining 10.7% of that, which is a minority, is made up of Hispanic, Asian, and Black just at 1.2%. Hispanics were at 4.1% and Asian at 2.5%. It is an increase, though, of 8% on minority veterinarians from when they studied in 2019. If you're looking to increase sort of your knowledge, though, and the importance of finding a place not just for tolerance of others but for acceptance and desire to learn from others would really me- recommend checking out what BlendVet is bringing to the space. BlendVet launched a special module in honor of this month called Native America and Veterinary Medicines: Myths, Truths, and Moving Forward Together. As I looked through the module and the curriculum, I found a ton of really insightful things that every person can take and bring to their practice as a way to improve the way that more inclusive. BlendVet is doing an incredible job of bringing more DEI and DEIB opportunities for people to learn. They offer on-demand modules, workplace certifications, and in 2024, they're actually launching individual certifications. So I highly recommend checking them out. Another really incredible keynote speaker that was at the AVMA Economics Forum was the FTC chair, Lena Khan. Khan hit on many of the concerns around private equity investment and and antitrust laws that are happening within veterinary medicine. In her statement, Khan said, we shouldn't have markets where larger businesses are muscling out smaller businesses or independent businesses are feeling coerced to sell to a private equity firm, even if they don't want to. If you see that, please be sure to report them to us. Now, Lena Khan is newer at the FTC, she started in 2021, but we've already seen quite a bit of action around antitrust laws and a desire to break up anti-competitive actions happening within the acquisitions of veterinary practices. Since 2017, the FTC has intervened four times in acquisition deals in the veterinary profession. Each instance were involved specially in emergency hospitals. We've seen a massive amount of consolidation beyond just this 25 to 30% that we're seeing in GPs, but the specialty emergency hospitals are even more consolidated than what we see in general practice. Similarly, in the UK, their version of the FTC launched a probe into pricing, and that actually tanked some of the stocks in the foreign markets for some of the consolidators overseas. If you were there and participated in the conversation with Lena Khan, Let us know what you thought. I know she hit on non-competes as well as anti-competitive practices, but I'd love to hear what everyone thought, how it hit in the room, and if there were actionable steps beyond just, if you see something, say something. I'd love to know if there were ways that were brought to the table by anyone participating as ways to be able to continue the independence or to combat anti-competitive practices. Another human food subscription company is jumping into pet care, ButcherBox launched ButcherBox for Pets. They had soft launched their offerings under the ButcherBox brand, which try to say that three times fast <laughs> But uh, earlier this year, but right now they just broke it out to be in its own space as ButcherBox for Pets. There's tons of competitors in this space that we're always reporting on. One of them is Fresh Pet though, which if you're looking at reasons why people are investing money into the space, Fresh Pet reported a 32.6% year on year growth, And their adjusted EBITDA was up to $23 million compared to $3.5 million last year. So massive growth in the food delivery space for for animals, and especially the subscription delivery of fresh food for dogs. Now, ButcherBox for Pets is just a treat company and just a treat offering as it sits right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if we begin to see them increase and expand their offering. One of their competitors in the space had a great quote of why this was such an important and interesting space. The the co-founder of Farmer's Dog summed up the opportunity by saying, dogs are the perfect subscription customers. They eat the same thing, the same amount, every single day at the same exact time. Now, if there's a client that you're really looking to target, a client that has that level of repeatability... And predictability is a wonderful place to be able to grow a business. So I won't be surprised if next week and the week after and the week after we continue to report on more companies diversifying their human offerings to increase that $136 billion of pet spend that we saw last year in the U.S. You may start to hear your neighbors shouting for Max and Luna. The AKC announced that Max and Luna were the most popular dog names for 2023. It was not even a close fight, as these two names have been at the top of the top 10 year after year for the past several years. But for all of our Swifties out there, don't be mad. Both Taylor and Travis made the top 100. The AKC listed out the top 100 pet names, both male and female dogs, and it's kind of a fun read to go through. There were a few Marvel inspired ones like Loki, there were some Star Wars Yoda, as well as a few other more pop culture ones to join Taylor and Travis in that top 100 list. So check out the link in the bio and let us know what kind of fun and wacky names you've heard throughout the year. If you're looking to get a little more CE credit or a great show to attend, this week for on the 8th and the 9th, the New York Vet Show is happening in New York City. So you still have time to sign up and jump on board to be able to participate there. There's a ton of great shows and we're starting to get into a little bit of a lull before Thanksgiving then we'll have a real big burst of things in the beginning of December and a lot of great shows to be able to report on in January and February. So stay tuned. We're gonna be attending a lot of the different shows and wherever we are, we'll be sure to let you know what's going on. For more on these and other stories, join us by subscribing to The Fountain Report. There's a link in our bio and don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing and rating the show. For The Bird Bath, I'm Ryan Leach. See you next week.